Welcome to another episode of The Illustrious Gentleman, the place where comic book artists and top blokes Scott Garleski and Ryan Cody talk about life, work, comics and booze. Follow the show on Twitter at TIG underscore show and online at www.tickshow.com T-I-G-S-H-O-W dot com Don't forget to let us know what you're drinking while you're listening to the show. Go on yourself, big man. Probably the same. Mm. Oh, yeah. Background noise all during the last episode oh. that you recorded. Oh, yeah. Well, I want to wear my suave-ass jacket so I don't yeah. want to the ceiling fan. I don't blame you. It's already, like, what, almost 90 down there? At the Tig Villa yeah, South? Something shitty. Yeah. It's a nice uh, 59. I'll just turn it off just to be nice to you, to oh. future Ryan that's going to edit this. I appreciate that. That is Scott. I am Ryan. We are the Illustrious Gentlemen. You can listen to every episode on anchor.fm slash TIGSHOW. You can download the app or go straight to the website, the Anchor app, that is. And on the main page on uh, at anchor.fm slash TIGSHOW, you can become a monthly supporter of the podcast. You guys should do that because I'm getting tired of paying for my own beer. Um, so oh. hop up on that. Get on it, guys. Uh, if you go to – if you use Untapped, if you're on the Untapped app and you search uh, – I think it's The Illustrious Gentleman or An Illustrious Gentleman. I'm not sure. Uh, You'll see our little logo pop up, and you could follow us there. It's mostly me, but when I rate the beers that we drink on the show, I'm sure to – I put it in the notes there of of who had what and what they rated it. But uh, it's mostly me. It's it's 90% me. Do we have a a nickname for listeners? Well, Like just now when when you said you were tired of buying your own beer, I wanted to say, get on that, my tigger. No, you can't say that. Can I not say that? I wouldn't use that. Uh, We could use Tiggies again. I mean, I know we use it for the award show. Tigsters? What about the big old Tiggies? Our big old Tiggies out there. Oh, eh, those are the awards, though. Our harem of Tiggies? League of Tiggies? I I guess they're all gents. League of... Even the ladies. That's funny. League of Illustrious Gentlemen? Of the League... Huh. Well, there's already the extra. What is it? What's the Alan Moore comic? League it's of the Extraordinary. Extraordinary. So we're the League of the Illustrious Gentlemen. No. Yeah. No, I I, I I feel comfortable maybe just like shortening that to the League. All right. The League. Yeah. Get on that. Uh, members of the League and uh, the best part. Yeah. And, Smash know, that bias around button. Yeah. Uh. The best part about someone who uh, donates money, either through PayPal, uh, they can email us at tigshowpod at gmail.com. That's not the PayPal account, but I could link it to it. Who cares? By the time this comes out, I'll link that email address to it. So you could PayPal us at tigshowpod at gmail.com. And the best part about it is if you buy us around, you could tell us what to drink and it solves two problems because I don't have to spend my own money and I don't have to put any thought into what I'm going to drink that week. So get on that shit birds because this is episode 117 by 118 i want to be drinking a terrible sour that somebody bought for me that's what i want <laughs> for next week uh or, fuck you 10 barrel yeah um oh man speaking of sours i did have this sour the other day from uh shit ska brewing called pink vapor stew shit and i poured it into my little tulip glass that i have you have a different name for it i call it a tulip what do you call this thing it's a snifter. Snifter. And uh, it comes out bright pink, a very, like a nice fuchsia almost, almost purplish. I love it. And it was actually not a bad sour. I think I gave it like a three to three and a half on the untapped app. But then I went to the Chevron by my house, and I don't want to spend a lot of money. And my wife's like, well, just pick me up something. I know they have these kombuchas, hard kombuchas on sale, which you should Whenever you hear the term hard kombucha and on sale, you should know that that might be a sign to not buy the hard kombucha on sale. But I did, and it was the cold brew hard kombucha, so a taste of vanilla and cold brew coffee. It (laughs) tastes like the most sour beer on the planet you've ever had with a hint of coffee. It was a nightmare, but I also refused. She had one, and then she switched to something else because she couldn't handle it. So I drink the other five because I refuse to let anything go to waste that has any sort of alcohol in it. Uh, rubbing alcohol, mouthwash, 
you know, all that stuff goes down my throat at some point in the week. Um, so last night, I w- we were watching uh, some movies on Epic. You need a growler or something. You just pour all the extra stuff into, and then you just save. Right. For when you're really drunk and desperate. Right. Right. Yeah. So we're sometimes we watch this show on on the on the TV or this channel called Epics. <laughs> we Epic, watch the show on the TV. Epics Drive In, which all they do is show movies without commercials and without being edited. And I kind of like it because it's we'll just watch whatever comes on. So it's almost like when you were a kid and there's only like three or four channels. Mm-hmm. So you just watch whatever. So last night we watched. Uh, shit. We watched uh, the last half of Four Weddings and a Funeral, which I never saw, which was whatever. And then Moonstruck was coming on. And if I was normally, if I was couch surfing or channel surfing, I would never watch Moonstruck. I watched all of Moonstruck last night while drinking hard cold brew kombucha. And I fell in love with it. I fell in love with Cher. Kombucha. I really like this word. So, uh, it's because it sounds dirty. Where should I finish? Oh, just kombucha. (laughs) (laughs) It's so universal. Like, if I like if right now if my cat just walked into the middle of the floor and started puking, I could be like motherfucking kombucha. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was my last night. Last night I was watching Moonstruck and drinking kombucha. So shout out to Cher. Shout out living the dream. Yeah, shout out to Danny Aiello. <laughs> That's the first shout out Danny Aiello's ever gotten. What are you talking about? Do the right thing. He's a nice racist fucking asshole. Okay, Scott. Speaking of racist assholes, what are you drinking right now? Like my future. This one's a mystery. Oh, you got a mystery bottle. There's no label. There's there's nothing on the cap. Ooh. See, I, I don't see, know what this is. I could see the gold cap. That's all I could see for my current vantage point. And so I was like, oh, he's having another Four Peaks beer because they have gold caps. But that's a uh, yeah. So where did that? Did there's you no discernible markings anywhere? Did you buy it like that? Like yeah, purposely? I did. Okay. It's, yeah, yeah, I purposely chose. Was it this one. at least on sale? Was it like a dollar? It was no. It was one of the build your own six pack. Oh, things. just didn't. Some asshole kid probably tore the label off. Right. Oh no. Uh oh. It's gonna be a sour. Oh no. But you like sours? No, it's not a sour. Wait a minute. Is it IPA? No. No. Oh, nope. Is there other types of beer? It's not a stout. In that in that bottle, it's not a stout or a no. porter. So if it has no smell, no. then it's like a lager. It's like a Bud Light or some shit. Uh, yeah, that's definitely an American Kolsch-style beer. Well, it's not a Bud Light without a printed cap, so it's got to be a microbrew if it doesn't mm. have a printed cap. Oh, wait. Ooh. Wait. Ooh. Oh, there's something else going on here. Uh-oh. Uh, hmm. No, this is... Great radio. This is not. It's not. It's not an American lager. It's not. It's no. This is uh, some sort of. Made, this might be a Scotch ale of some sort. Mm. Maybe a. Maybe a red. If I poured it out, I was going to say find a bit more. Why don't you pour it into a glass? But I'm not going to do that because I don't think I have a glass. Okay. Down here. Hmm. But I'm pleasantly surprised. Someone should hire you for a cover gig so you could afford a glass. Hmm. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Hmm. I'll tell you what happened in that situation. Mm. Just like I have, I think I've talked about on the show before, I have the the rando bottles of wine that were left here by the last mm-hmm. tenant that who, they're barely labeled. I don't know what they are. Some dude homebrewed that shit and just snuck it into the bashes or Safeway or fries and put it in the little thing. It's full of, <laughs> it's full of poison. Okay, so uh, over the course of the episode, I'm going to need... Well, that's what booze is. Right. Over the course of the... It's poison. Over the, that's what I tell my kids. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you'll die if you do that. Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, so your job then over the course of this episode is in the back of your in the back of your brilliant, beautiful mind. You, you're going to have to name the beer something so I can rate it somehow. So uh, you're going to have to come mm. up with something. You can keep sn- okay. you can keep sniffing it, but that that doesn't really work for the audio mm. portion of the podcast. Uh, no? Yeah. Just... All right. So I'm drinking something that I bought when I was down in Phoenix a couple weeks ago at the Casual Pint, which I recommend the Casual Pint if you're in Central Phoenix. I think they have one in Ahwatukee. I'm not quite sure. Uh, Both are in Phoenix, even if Ahwatukee tries to act like they're not. Uh, But the one in Central Phoenix is on 16th Street. It's kind of near the Samurai Comics there. Uh, So I picked up a can from Evil Twin Brewing, which I think is in New York or New Jersey, Connecticut. 
Oh, but distributed by a company in Brooklyn. So who knows? Sumo in a sidecar. I bought this strictly because of the illustration of the, the sumo guy on the, on the front. He's got a big diaper on. He's got the top knot. Mm. Uh, so sumo in a sidecar. So what I gathered from this is they tried to uh, emulate the flavors of a sidecar, but turn it into an IPA. And it is an app. It's mm. an IPA with apricot flavoring. Um, oh. It's 7%. It's got a nice cloudy milky head. Almost looks like a orange juice with pulp in it. Sort of look to it. Let me try this. What Scott does. Yeah, do it. I'm not oh, getting yeah. much. I'm not getting much of anything. It's a sexy smell. I'm not getting much smell off that at all. Um, I did pull a review from it uh, off of Beer Advocate, and my first thought, my what I want to let everyone know about this reviewer, Schoolboy, is Uh-oh. it's an it's an IPA with apricots. He refers to it constantly as an AIPA, like as if that's a thing, an apricot India Pale Ale. He refers to it as if that's like a common common term in, in nomenclature is AIPA. So when I say AIPA, it's not me being a douchebag. It's schoolboy on Beer Advocate being the douchebag. APA. APA. Oh, yeah, that's good. That way I don't have to say the – I don't have to pronounce it that way. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> it's been a couple weeks, so bear with me. <clears throat> I like this APA a lot. I usually like <laughs> – I'm going to read it like a Buffalo Bill from <laughs> Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, you sound like a serial killer calling the cops. I like this APA a lot. I usually like... Doing it right under your nose. I usually like infused APAs, so I am biased. But keep in mind that it's the cutting edge of taste. No hyperbole. It pours as pretty as can be, all golden and fizzy. The aroma is to die for. I spilled a little and wanted to rub it all over me. The taste is a beautifully fruit-enhanced APA. This is an example of why the style is so great. Take a biggish IPA, add loads of hops, but also add a sweet, sour adjunct to carry things further. But in this case, never too far. It's too bad all brews can't be this cool and unique. I'd fuck me. <laughs> he probably tucked his dick when he read that, or when he wrote that review, he probably had his penis tucked between his legs. Uh... Not that there's anything wrong with that. I was telling my wife. My wife asked about that scene in Silence of the Lambs the other day. And I said, when I was a kid, I used to do that shit all the time. Just tuck it under there. You can't do it now because I got old man balls and the, everything hurts. Like, <laughs> I mean. <laughs> yeah, if I sit down the wrong yeah. way, I'm oh, fucked yeah. all day. Sometimes I'm sleeping and I'm like, oh, I'm in such pain. And it's because one of my balls is trapped between two of my thunder thighs. Um, all right, man. So that's where I'm at 13 minutes into the show. Um, I'm going to enjoy this. I haven't had a sip yet. Mm, yeah, I'm curious. You know what? I haven't had enough apricots in my life to say this tastes just like an apricot because I honestly don't know the flavor profile of an apricot. Okay. Yeah, yeah I hear sumo and I think something heavy, so I would assume porter or stout. Yeah, it's only 7%, so it's really not anything uh, special. Yeah, I wonder what this is. Yeah, I guess we'll find out by the end of the show if you're taking your pants mm. off and dancing. Then it's got to be at least four or five, right? All right. So let's get into it. Let's start talking shit about people um, without using their names. The, the topic of uh, comic book reviews came up. Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. Let's this came up. I did, I did a fair amount of research, which involved 20 minutes of me researching it while I pre-game to this morning. I mean this afternoon because only alcoholics drink before noon. Talking about comic book reviews where they don't talk about the creators yeah, this is my fault. I I brought this up. I mean, I because I have a Google alert on myself because I'm a narcissistic ass. Well, I didn't want to out you, but who doesn't have a Google alert on themselves? I, I wish mine would go off more. Editors. <laughs> um. Yeah, but it was for a review of Super Sons, and I mean, it was all story review. They didn't mention Pete. They didn't mention me. They didn't mention Dono, the colorist. It was all just story stuff, which I I I'm I'm I don't know I'm torn. I'm, I'm thinking, oh well, that's you know, that's a review of the book, right? Because right. I mean, the it it is story. That's what it is. Right. I don't know. I get, you know, as, as said, narcissistic asshat. You want to see your name um, out there. Being an artist, you know, like we've said before, we need that 
constant, you know, reaffirmation. Of, I agree. Hey, you're doing a good job, right. sport. And it was scored an 8 out of 10, which was the only reason I clicked on the goddamn okay. link. Well, so I thought, oh, you know, I've, I've had a shitty couple of days. <laughs> I could use some stranger saying nice things about me. All right, well, let's, let's uh, by the way, you're doing a great job today on the podcast. I think you're doing fantastic. Let's start with what do we think uh, review should be? What do you, what do you think? So, so think about this. Should the art, I hate that term, but should the art, it's a work of art. A comic book is a work of art. A movie is a work of art. A song is a work of art. Should the review only base its merits on the final product? So are the creators important in a review? Yeah, that that's an interesting question. Uh, initially, my knee-jerk reaction was, hey, I'm not a piece of meat. You know, if I'm doing a good job, then, you know, if you liked the art, then just say, and Gadlewski's art was fine because that's how everybody says it. And, but I, I don't know. It, it, I Conversely, it's kind of refreshing. I mean... It is a piece of entertainment. So, like the uh, the layman, like the mo- the regular old moviegoer, when they talk about if they like a movie or not, they're just gonna they're gonna talk about the movie. They're not gonna, you know, director's not a big deal. Even, you know, I I, I guess stars. You know, if you could say, oh, like Brad Pitt was really funny or whatever. But I, my guess is that. Uh, Joe Schmo, ignorant, you know, American entertainment consumer isn't going to get into nuts and bolts of things. They're not going to notice editing and direction and screenwriting and, you know, production design and costume and all the things that I bitch about as soon as I get out of a movie. Yeah, I mean it's well. I mean, if you complain, well, if you if you compliment or complain about the actors, that's essentially like the penciler or the inker or the, you know, I mean, you know, it's the same thing. It's part of the creative team, and it's it's what you see at the forefront. So editors, for good or bad, never get their share of credit or blame on a book. But they're like the producers of the book, where all the talent is always in front. So. Uh, like like a lot of those artists, a lot of those well-known artists, uh, uh, Herb Trempe, for example, in the 90s was drawing comics like Rob Liefeld, and the dude had been around since like the fucking 60s, drawing comics a certain way. Someone told him, you know, for uh, the uh, lack of a better uh, comparison, a producer slash editor told him, we want you to draw like this because that's what we want the book to look like. He had to do it. So my first experience to Herb Trimpe when I was like 14 was like, oh, he's a Rob Liefeld knockoff because I had no knowledge of the work he had done in the past. So I immediately looked at right. his work and we talked to Dan Panosian about this, like the way he drew when he was first coming up. He was told to draw that way. That was the style to draw in. But when I first picked up a book and it had Herb Trimpe and he was doing a fill in on some fucking, I don't know, Guardians book or something like that. I was like, I'm not buying that because whoever this kid is, he sucks. He's a, he's a wannabe Rob Liefeld. And then as I get older, I realize like, oh no, he's a real, real deal dude. Um, I don't know where I'm going with that. Uh, you're you're only yeah, you're only know. as good as as what how you're being told to be, I guess maybe. But that doesn't even make sense either. I really went off on a tangent. No, here that, I don't. How did no, we get I, here? We got there quickly though. I feel like it only took like a minute. Um, yeah, let's backtrack. So there's two categories. If you want your review to be completely based on the final piece of work then fine, don't mention the creative team at all. But if you're going to – if you're gonna, if part of the reason you don't like the work or you do like the work is because of the creative team, then maybe you should mention that and give shout-outs. Okay, yeah, I suppose that's a fair point. I mean, I it, it would have been easy because I'm Mr. Fillin. It would have been easy to say, oh, Gadlewski isn't so-and-so, so – you know, I didn't enjoy the book as much because it's not the thing that I'm used to. Right. Um, but I don't know. I just found it kind of weird because uh, in, in my experience, reviewers just like to. Um, I was going to say shit on creators, but I don't know. That's where blame goes. But this there wasn't any blame or anything in this particular review that I read, it was just, oh, you know, 
this it was neat to see. I wish this could have been this, but I don't know. Maybe it was a refreshing sort of spin on things. I don't know. I feel like we're reviewing reviewers now, and this is like a weird rabbit hole. I don't know what's well, real. That's anymore. fine because they like to tell creators how to do their job. So I think it's fine that we could tell them how to do their job. Um, but also, there's different levels. No tag there's, bags. There's, there's no. There's there's uh, uh, to quote somebody who I don't know. There's levels to this game. So there's some reviews that are on a top three, four website, written by people who you know their names. And then there's such and such dot blogspot dot com slash reviews slash users slash uh, Henry. Like there's those kind of websites too. So the 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 website I went to to aggregate that aggregates and collects reviews. They don't differentiate. They just base it based off of uh, the rating of the book. So I could create I could create right. a blog right now called uh, I Love Scott Godlewski with two L's and no E W, or two O's and no E W. Scott Godlewski's art dot blogspot dot user dot huge dick dot Ryan Cody dot is awesome dot hire him. I could start that <laughs> blog right now, and then I could give you I could talk about the book or whatever, and 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 just uh, you know blow you in the review of the book. That doesn't mean I'm the same level of reviewer as someone who's been reviewing comics for 25 years and knew Herb Trimpe was a great Golden Age artist and not a Rob Liefeld hack in 1993. You know, so there's the type of review, but then there's also who's doing the reviewing. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. I don't know. I don't have anything to say about this anymore, except that I thought it was interesting. I just... I, I. I was looking for a little bit of positivity in my life. Uh, this review let me down. And, um, yeah. I, I, look, all, all I needed this morning was just a, a quick little internet hand job, and I didn't get it. And now, now, now I'm just like upset. I'm yeah, frustrated. Now you're drinking mystery beer in the dark. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. Well, yeah. I did some hard data number crunching. Okay, so I went to uh, there's a website called Comic Book Roundup and they round. Yep. Okay, so I I went yeah. there and I and I pulled a uh, I I pulled up a certain book. I'm not going to name the creative team. It's the only comic I bought yesterday. I bought it because I think the artist is super talented and pretty handsome. So I pulled up the certain book from DC yesterday. <clears throat> White Knight. <laughs> So the book I pulled, it, it features two kind of juvenile sidekick characters in their own book. They're traveling through like worlds and dimensions. So I pulled up the top 10 reviews of the book. Okay. Um, first of all, I had a book come out recently and I don't think it got two reviews. So I just pulled the top 10 of the many reviews this book got. So let's, let's slow our roll and not being happy with reviewers. So what I did with my data crunching, number crunching, deep, 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 deep dive research... Did you run it through your supercomputer? I did. It's in the garage. It's so it's such a big computer that takes up the entire garage. Um, right. Yeah. It's the one NASA used to get the Apollo missions uh-huh. to the moon. Yeah, it's the same one. I bought it on eBay. Uh, so I don't count in the in these reviews that I looked at. I don't count if they just rattle off the creative team in the credits because that's just copying. That's autofilling. That's a you know, that's a database yeah. thing that doesn't even count. So I did not count that. So if I say a review didn't mention the creative team and it only mentions them in the beginning of the, at, at the writer, artist, colorist, letterist, that doesn't count. Okay. So the first review I pulled up actually of this particular book was a 10 out of 10. They loved it. They did not mention any of the creative team by name. They loved the review. It was their book of the week. They love everything that's going on with these two characters and this setting and all this stuff. They did not at all once mention anyone in the credits, which I thought was fascinating. Okay. So that is fascinating. So only, Oh, let's, well, let's do this. We got it. We got to stretch this show. We got to do something with our time out of the 10, out of the 10 reviews. How many do you think mentioned the, and these are the top 10 there's more than that, but I pulled the top 10. Mm-hmm. How many do you think mention the artist by name in the article itself, mm. in the review itself? Oh, boy. 60%. Oh, wow. How does life look through those rose-colored glasses of yours, Scott? Right. Oh, wow. Real quick, before we get into this, is my camera good enough? Can you see the shit floating in my beer that I made the joke of? I cannot. Was, 
it does look thick and hazy. There, I think there might be like real fruit chunks or something, or some sort of flavored additive. There's chunks floating in this. At first, I thought they were bubbles. There's something floating in this beer. Anyways, okay, so you said 60%. It was 40%. Four out of the 10 reviews mentioned the artist by name. Oh my God. Okay, so I am dumbfounded, shocked flabbergasted uh next category first of all okay so we'll wrap well i'll talk more about this as we wrap up because i do have more to say on the subject how many out of those 10 do you think mentioned the writer by name seven out of ten wow if we were playing a drinking game it uh, you'd be doing shots all day three out of ten mentioned the writer (laughs) what that makes me look kind of happy i know so it should cheer you up uh and also, I mean, all the shit I do, all the shit I talk about how everyone is, you know, everyone, it's a writer's world and stuff like that. Only three, uh, the writer or the artist got mentioned by more reviewers than the writer. There was one review, though, that continually referred to the book as the writer apostrophe S's book. His run, his book, his story, his issue, they didn't mention the artist at all. So that one really stuck in my craw. But overall, 30% mentioned the writer by name. So, I don't know how well everyone is at math. That leaves 30% had no... That's almost half. Yeah, so 30% had no mention at all. Three of the 10 reviews had no mention of a creative team at all. They assume that these characters are going on these adventures by themselves and no one is directing the hand. Or they're taking that review method of let's just review the story and the book and not... So, 40% mentioned the artist, 30% mentioned the writer... 30% 30% mentioned, no mention at all. Obviously, some of those 70% that mentioned part of the creative team overlap, obviously. Let's see. How many overlapped? Three overlapped. Um, so there was some overlap there. One review got half credit because they mentioned only the artist and not the writer, but then they misspelled the artist's first name, which uh, if you were looking at the book I was looking at, the artist's last name is a jumble fuck of weird, pol- How could you weird Polish that? vowels. How could you get the... But last name wrong first or last name correct first name was wrong um how they i don't know uh, but do you recall i, I don't know spell? i'm gonna start calling you steven though from now on um so that one review i can yeah, be steven kind of look like a steve steve uh with a ph yeah, that's exactly how it was spelled in the, <laughs> in the in the article or the review um so i'm giving them a half credit because they mentioned the artist but the wrong name um and then, just for shits and giggles, I pulled the lowest review that was on there, which wasn't even that low. I mean, you would, you would get a, you would get credit for it at, at high school. I mean, barely. Um, what is it, six yeah. out of ten? The lowest review only mentions the writer and not the art, but in their credit listing, they're the only one that in the credit listing mentions the entire creative team, including the letterer. Which I give them credit for that that they have like a, and they listed the letterer as part of the art team. So it was artist, colorist, well, letterist. In this particular instance, they got that right. It's six out of ten because of the writer. <laughs> well, what, what are you talking about? You don't know what book I'm talking about. Are we jumping in my grill. Let's take a little break because if we insert the ad, we'll insert it right here. All right. So back to it is how one would say it. Um, yeah, I don't. I know. I if. If you're not going to mention, so if you're if you're one of the three out of the top ten reviews where you don't mention the creative team at all, that's fine. But that means there should be seven out of ten reviews that mention both the writer and the artist and the colorist at the very least. Uh, sorry, letterers, your time's coming, but I don't know how many I don't know how many reviewers are I don't know how <laughs> yeah. many reviewers are educated enough to know the difference between a good letterer. They know bad lettering when they see it, but the. Yeah, the difference, so I'm not, I would never think a reviewer is going to compliment the lettering. Sadly enough, sorry, dudes. It's just, I mean, colorist just got the vote like two years ago. So let's, you know, it's going to take time. But wouldn't that make sense if it would make sense if you're going to mention anyone on the creative team? <laughs> Suffrage joke. <laughs> and that was only in Wyoming or Wisconsin. Or I, don't, I, I wish I knew more about the suffrage movement, but I'm a white male. So I've always had the vote. Um, if you're. Only yeah, in the if you're gonna mention the entire, if you're gonna mention one person of the creative team, you have to mention the entire creative team, unless you just assume the art is plug and play and 
or the art or the story. Unless you unless you honestly think one doesn't matter and the other makes everything. But it doesn't make sense to me. Like I honestly thought I didn't know that there would be reviews that mentioned just one or the other. I guess I assumed more writer than artist. But yeah, if you're gonna dip your toe into that pool, into that cool pond with the po- the koi swimming around, you feed them the little things you get out of the machine for ten cents, throw it in the water, and they eat up. If you're gonna put your toe in that water, you got to mention the whole creative team, right? You can't just pick and choose. Yeah, it, it's weird. I mean, I don't know. It, it's it almost goes back to that argument of separating the art from the artist. It's like you wouldn't go to the museum and and look at a painting and uh discuss it without bringing up the painter right you know i i don't understand how you could do that right i mean art is it's hippie baloney bullshit of it's an expression right yeah so i guess it's 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 very personal and it's you know it's a piece of the artist I well, suppose. that's a, that's a, that's another so, show. How can, how can you discuss it without, I don't know. Yeah, I guess. I mean, it's like a TV mm-hmm. show. There you go. You know, how, how, how many people watching, you know, the, the seventh episode of season eight of NCIS are going to know who the screenwriter was. Right. So they tend to think of the, you know, it's, who's, it's not Mark Hamill. It's the other Mark, Mark Summers. Is it Mark Summers? It's Mark Summers. They seem to think. Double Dare. They seem yeah. to think Double Dare is the guy running the whole show. And, you know, whatever plug and play other backup actors are the ones running the show when they're just they're just cashing checks. And, you know, I was going to make a joke. Cashing checks and banging. They're they're just they're the front. Right. They're right. They're 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 the sign on the laundromat that the mob uses to launder the right. cash. Right. And so it can go both ways. I mean, if you're if you're the artist of issue 832 of Aquaman, you know, how invested are you in making that your best work ever? So if a reviewer, I don't know, I, I I'm going off on another tangent. Should a reviewer take that into account that it's not a it's not a passion project. It's not a book that you've been wanting to make for 20 years and you finally got to a place in the industry where you can make your own graphic novel, a story you've wanted to tell. Because not all art is personal. You know, you said earlier, art's personal. I don't think every art, all art is personal. A lot of art is just production work. You know, a lot of art is just laying down drum beat from a drum machine and just fucking doing the work. I guess. I think at that level, though, it's all the best work that you can do. You know, the the the, the people that don't, care that they're gonna mail in whatever and aren't aren't invested in you know always turning in the best page that they can don't make it that far yeah that's true i will say there's a lot of like big two or big three artwork that's not my cup of tea but i don't see a lot of people mailing it in like maybe i saw in like the early 90s or the late 80s where issues had to had issues had yeah to be done i mean in a week. yeah there there are yeah circumstances where right a hundred percent just cannot be given because of deadlines or you know whatever's happening um behind the scenes but to to think that anybody's half-assing anything is they that uh, that upsets yeah i could see like i mean uh, th- this is a thing that people love to do and to be lucky enough to do it at that level. And like for a living, then that's, these are all, every book is somebody's dream coming true professionally. Right. Yeah. I mean, as, as when I was younger, I didn't understand about like, I guess I understood monthly shipping schedules and pr- really prior to image, Marvel DC books always shipped every month. There was never a, a problem. So I remember like you're in the middle of like a, a great like Jim Lee run or a Mark Silvestri run. And then there would be like a bottle issue that just popped up of like Terry Shoemaker and it didn't follow, you know, it would just like be a whole new storyline or whatever. And I remember thinking like, what the fuck is everyone like, what is fucking happening? I'd be so pissed. <laughs> But then as I got older, I realized like, no, they're, they're not going to not ship that month because they have subscribers and shit like that. So, you know, if, if Jim Lee is two weeks behind on deadline and he doesn't tell his editor till a week and a half before deadline, then that editor is going to hire 
a Terry Shoemaker or a Ron Lim or somebody that can knock out an issue. Oh, poor Terry Shoemaker. It could knock out an issue, you know, in a week. So that's that's why, I mean, it's, I don't know. The, those issues, just those kind of comics used to pop up all the time, you know, back in like the late 80s, early 90s, where now I think they're like, oh, you know, if, if Master Illustrator Scott Godlewski is going to be late by a week, we'll just, the book will come out a week later. Maybe not necessarily your DC work, but... You know what I'm saying? Like there used to be no such thing as a missed shipping date on a comic book. They would all they would find someone to draw a fucking issue in a day to make sure that it went to print and came out the day it was supposed to come out. Um, where I think now it more work. You know, it's it's it is more people are putting all everyone's putting everything into every issue as much as they can. Um, again, another tangent doesn't make sense, but yeah, not every book is going to be the best book you ever did because you might have only had. Two or th- two or three weeks to do it, you know. I don't. What am I going at? Yeah, I'm, yeah. I mean, obviously, you don't obviously, know. it's going to look. Yeah. yeah. The point is, you don't know. Just keep your fucking mouth shut. Yeah, and also, does it? You don't know my life, bitch. Also, I would just like to know, and um, you know, listeners, you can email us at tickshowpod at gmail You can find us at tig underscore show on Twitter. Uh, and I know we're huge, like all over Europe and Belgium, especially. Um. Who do, do people read reviews and then go buy the comic? You know, is it like is it like a movie where you? I don't. I don't think it's a Rotten Tomato. Right? Sort of is thing. it like a? Oh man, I no. heard the new Run the Jewels album was the shit. I'm gonna go download it right now. No, no one's like, oh, I, I wasn't no. gonna buy. I wasn't gonna buy fucking you know the, the new Superman issue. But uh, you know, Hank the Tank at uh, you know www.comicbookreviews.user.tank the Trank Frank dot. Uh, Wednesday dot November dick dot. Yeah. He said it was awesome. So I'm going to now pick it up. No, no one does that. No one. Mm. I mean, is there, a, I should ask, I should ask uh, my friends that are retailers. Is there a big late Wednesday afternoon rush or Thursday morning rush? The people coming in. Oh, I read this review yesterday at lunch. I got to come pick up the new issue of fucking X-Men. It's, it's <laughs> nobody's doing that. You're either, you're either buying the, the book already or you're not. Yes. Yes. Right. Or you, it's not like anything. Or you else. constantly hear good reviews, and then you're like, "I'll get the trade." Like that's maybe trades benefit from. And reviews. if you're, it, yeah, if if you're hearing positive things, I think you're actually hearing positive things. You're hearing other people in the shop, the shop owner, the employees, or whatever your buddy that reads similar books. You're actually hearing that stuff. You're not reading some review. No, that's garbage. That's garbage. The the only clicks that all these reviews get is from the fucking creators. Yeah, yeah. Well, also I noticed that a lot of the reviews, it's not like uh, it's not like in film where they get preview copies of these comics a week in advance, so people can like look at all the reviews and then get their buying habits. A lot of these reviews are coming out the day the comic comes out, so it's like it's like going to see a movie and it the reviews of the movie don't hit until after the movie is released. You're either already going to see it based on a history of the book or a history of the creators. I don't know how beneficial comic book reviews are to comic book sales. Oh, no. There, there's no financial incentive in posting these reviews. So what is uh, it? They're not going to drive ad revenue. Right. I, I, it, it's just people, I guess, that love comics. And they right? want what other? What else can it be? Right, but if that was the case, and I've talked about this in the past. If you like comics and you like complaining on the internet, this right. might be the job for you. Right, that's the thing. Like I've mentioned in the past that when you make an indie book, like an image book, or even more indie than an image book, it's gonna, you're going to be hard-pressed to find bad reviews of an image book or of like, a, of like an Oni press book because people want to talk about what they love and they think everyone's listening and they, they want people to hear what they have to say. So they're not really going to shit on those books because they're not going to take the time to even read those books to bother to shit on those books. Marvel and DC, yeah, Marvel and DC get totally. the bigger, they get the harder rap because I think it's people think that they're picking on like Walmart, like they're talking shit about Walmart when they talk shit about DC or Marvel, as opposed to a mom and pop shop. If you talk shit about, that's interesting. You know, you talk shit about Copperhead, you're really picking on like three people. You know, whereas if you talk shit about Batman, you're picking on eighty years of a of a conglomerate in my brain that only makes sense if you're gonna shit on like batman but if you're gonna shit on the story and the then art you, then, then you're still... shitting on the creators same thing 
Look, yeah, we're people too, god damn it. We have feelings. That's right. right. I mean... Eh, eh, also... Well, okay, as, maybe not, well, but... You're a... To quote Paul Abdul, you're a cold-hearted snake. Um, That's right. I'm a soulless yeah. monster. Um, yeah, but it also goes to this... And I guess all, all reviewers, right? Uh, we've talked in the past about how everyone who reads comics, like, easily, like, 80% want to make comics or wanted to make comics at some point. I think every reviewer, whatever they review, they want it to be what they are reviewing. Nobody reviews restaurants and didn't grow up wanting to be a chef. Nobody reviews movies and didn't grow up wanting to direct or write movies. You know, like it's just they they uh, they they're they're not in that field. They want to be in that field, so they tang- chant tangentially attach themselves to that field. Mm. Uh, same with comics. If, 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 uh, if Hank, the tank is picking his nose and he's got a beard, that's even worse than mine. And he's sitting in his, yeah, I can't draw. Right. I can't write. So let me, let me tell you why I don't like this book. Cause Oh, I would have done it so much better if they just gave me the opportunity. Like that's a review site. I would read if there was a dude who just said I could do it better.com. And he just reviewed comic <laughs> books that he thought. And then he, Broke it down. This is the comic. This is the problem I had with the comic. This is what I would do. This is what I would have done with that comic. That is a constructive criticism style review site. I can get behind that. But then at the end of these things, I want to see him do it. Yeah, that's the other key, right? Like I want to, right. So I want to see him draw, you know, action comics number 987. Right. Or yeah, he he's doing his Captain Marvel movie review. I want to see him take his iPhone in the backyard and act out the scenes. Yeah. It really fell apart in the third third act. Here's what I would have done. And then yeah, he needs to go out with some action figures and a trampoline and some silly string or something. That's actually a a, a really sweet YouTube channel idea. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, that's but I mean also do you believe that reviewers there's there's people, there's two camps. Again, there's always two. Also, I haven't heard anybody say Paula Abdul's name since 1991. Well, you're welcome. Um, I'm sticking yeah. on that. That's still, um, yeah. Oh man, three minutes. I later. used to date a girl. Date a girl. When you're in sixth grade, you really date somebody. I used to have a girlfriend in sixth grade who was obsessed with Paula Abdul. So every night, and you know, I lived in Southern California, so whatever radio station used to do the like Hot Eight at Eight or Hot Ten at Ten or whatever, I would sit there with my dad's like stereo, you know the 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 tuner that was attached to the tape deck, and you wait until like the third most requested song of the day is going to be uh, you know Paula Abdul's whatever whatever right. cat song I don't know. So then like I would boom hit record, hit stop as they wound down, and then the next day I would give her the tape, and she's like, yeah, I listened to it. I have the real tape. Like I don't have the DJ speaking over the beginning or speaking over the end. I like, I own the cassette. And also I was also listening to the top eight at eight. Uh, one time I was still doing this shit. I was obsessed with the shit and it was like Tina Yothers and Tiffany and Debbie Gibson and Paula Abdul. But oh I was God. all into this shit. And one point I was listening to it and this was like seventh or eighth grade, maybe seventh grade. And me and this girl weren't together anymore. Cause we went to different junior highs. It's hard to keep a long distance relationship together like that when you when you live four miles away and neither of you has a driver's license um so i was listening to it and uh uh, there here i just now thought of the name of the song and it's like okay and now uh, this song was requested personally by jennifer and i'm like jennifer that was my old girlfriend's name but it's a very common name and it's a cold-hearted snake by paula abdul and it's sent out to her new boyfriend at whatever middle school and it was the (laughs) school she went to and I'm like, oh man, she's gassing her. She's gassing this fucking clown that she's dating at this new middle school. And I remember thinking, I had my dad's like head, like the big bubble headphones on. You know, I had those fucking things on, the techniques. And I remember thinking, like, oh man, she wouldn't be gas. She wouldn't be treating me this way because I'd be treating her right. She wouldn't be cold heart snake in my ass. Oh. <laughs> hey, we're talking about the guy in this situation because he was a cheater. Um. Yeah, so basically I think reviewers reviewers especially when they're shitty are just they're just jealous. And it's okay to think a book is shitty, that's fine. But where else on the planet except for Yelp? Where else on the planet do you just run around telling everybody that is in within earshot that something sucks? That's such a weird mentality. That's I forget what the numbers are. There's the the retail story or, or anecdote or whatever. 
you know, like, uh, if you have a good experience at a store or whatever, you tell on average of three people or some shit. And if you have a crappy experience, you tell seven or whatever. Um, what is that? People just like to bitch and moan. I mean, I have a sample size of three kids and a hundred percent of them just like to complain. So I buy it. But do they like to complain because then they think it builds themselves up by, by knocking something else down? They're better. No, no. They're all assholes. They're the worst kind of grumps. They're the ones, if they're miserable, then everybody else needs to be miserable too. And they're going to make sure it happens. Maybe we should institute, obviously not this week, a segment on the show where we just, we're appreciative. You know, we show appreciation for something that. Fuck you. Um, I like your. I like your TV on the shelf. I like how you put it on the shelf that you built. I'm proud of those. Hey, I like your thing. I like on the that shelf. thing that you have on the shelf. I like your 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 uh, paper towel. Thanks. Roll. I got the paper towel roll. I got the like I got the, the family photos on the fridge. I mean, you could you could compliment yeah. anything. I got a nice selection of tea behind you. If you would like, if you like oh, some like some that. hot tea, That's thank nice. you. Um, yeah. Are we done? Um, you outed me. I'm in my kitchen. So great. I hope you feel good about that. Oh, Ryan can't even afford an office anymore. He's in his kitchen. I hope you're happy. (laughs) (sighs) Some asshole reviewer is typing that out on his keyboard right now. Oh, well, Ryan's not good enough to draw for Marvel DC. That's why he works at his kitchen table. (laughs) If he was good. (laughs) No, they're they're not going to mention your name. The redheaded character on the podcast. Yeah, the guy who looks like a goddamn ghost today because the light is so bright in his face. Although the more I look at myself, I'm getting slightly attracted to myself. I think the light does me good. Hides all my freckles and like imperfections. Oh, freckles mm. are sexy. I do have a nice hairline for someone that's... I talk about my hairline all the time for someone that's in their 40s. I'm pretty proud of it. Um, it's not important. I, th- I, I, I think possible melanoma is attractive. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Thank you for that. Um, you know, I, we are going to, we are going to end this on a positive note, whether you want to or not. Are, are we, well, I don't done? know. Are, would you have more to talk about on reviews other than I got, no, I no, guess, I guess, I guess other than if you're going to review something, I guess I've, I, this is my thought on it. Okay. Just like my thought on comic book editors. If you're going to, sorry, I burped. And then you just waved something away. Like you could smell my burp through our shared snowball microphones. Um, if you're going to review something and you're going to talk critically about something, you should be able to, you should have an understanding of how that work is done. Correct. No one grades math papers without a basic Uh, understanding of how math works. So your criticism carries more weight that way. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're going to be on joeblow.com leaving reviews, I think that used to be a real website. Maybe it still is. If you're going to be leaving reviews, you should have, you should understand how the directorial process works or what a movie producer does or what a comic book editor does or what the, you know, people like, uh, I think most reviewers who review comic books, especially they think that whoever's writing the book has total control over whatever they want to do. They don't understand that it's a, uh, it's usually it's probably a 50 50 or more weighted towards the company directive. This is what we want for the next year in these books. Give us stories that fit into this, overall arc um so yeah i think and if you're especially if you're going to criticize the art you got to know the basics of how to make art you have to know don't fucking give me a bunch of reviews about how rob liefeld can't draw fucking feet if you can't draw a foot you son of a bitch if you don't know how to draw a foot then don't tell me that rob liefeld sucks at drawing feet and he tries to hide them um if you've never tried to draw a splash page and you're like oh everything's hidden behind rocks and smoke and boulders show me how you would draw a splash page. If you're not going to use these tricks and these cheats, because uh, like Mignola uses cheats all the time. And he's widely regarded as one of the greatest comic artists, rightfully as one of the greatest artists of our time. He uses cheats all the time, but no one gives him shit because he's Mignola, you know? So these fucking hacks give all these other people shit on stuff that they couldn't even do themselves or even understand how things are done. It's okay to review things if you can't do it yourself, but at least have a general understanding of how it's done, of how it's yeah. done. Yeah. I would right. like you to, but I, you know, I can't stop uh, 
the the internet guy from saying what he's going to say. I mean, I I've never played professional baseball, but I I would like to reserve the right to sit next to the dugout and heckle the relief pitchers. Yeah, but it's you are one of those assholes. Like you're just like these reviewers. Yeah. This is true. Yeah. We get yeah. yeah, so I guess I can't shit on them. No, uh, I don't want to be a right hypocrite. All right, let's let's uh, not that anyone. I, I I would I would be hard pressed to find anyone who gives any credence to comic book reviews, since we're a comic book based show, sort of. Uh, I, I I'm sure none of our listeners give any any weight to these reviewers, anyways. But if you are gonna, you know, Uncle Cody's advice: if you are going to give weight to comic book reviewers. Give weight to the bigger websites where these people might have journalism degrees or they might have an idea of how things are done. Um, yeah, and I, I think if also if you have any, if you even have half a brain, you'll be able to sniff out what is like a, a, a valid and informative and uh, uh, an insightful review in somebody that just wants to vomit right. shit all over the internet. Yeah, I would say a good a good uh, frame of thought. That's not the right term. A good train of thought is the correct term. To go in, frame, frame of, mind, of mind, train of thought, to go into is... The train of thought is carrying the frame of mind. The longer the URL, the less weight you should give the review. <laughs> <laughs> if it's not just a website name and then one post, you know... That's one, right. If, if if there's more than two backslashes, yeah. don't bother. Don't bother. Right, exactly. Um, okay, so basically, review all you want, but at least fucking mention the art, mention the writing. Just, just. Unless you don't like it, then it's the writer's <laughs> fault. Yeah, I think we're in agreement there. Uh, any other thoughts on reviews? We just sound like a bunch of fucking assholes, but uh, that's okay. That's the show. That's the Welcome, whole show. Welcome, everybody anchor.fm slash tick show um that's that's the colon title for this show is just a couple of assholes oh that's so apropos colon just a couple assholes that's right all right anything else scott before i try to end before i try to end on a pause show note um no if you want to if you if you would like to end the pause show then you don't need anything else from me (laughs) Uh, we got a, a message. I encourage people to message us on the social networks. Uh, we're on Instagram and Twitter at TIG underscore show. Um, and you can email us at TigShowPod.com. I've only mentioned that four times this episode. So TigShowPod. Sorry, I messed up earlier. It's not TigShowPod.com. I feel like we need a sponsor from Squarespace oh. in this episode as much as we're I need a sponsor for like, like to get your brain functioning at every uh, at its highest levels. Uh all right, so tigshowpod at gmail.com or TIG underscore show on the social media networks. Uh, feel free to send messages. We got a message from uh, someone, Sasha Fraze on Twitter, at schlocking, S-C-H-L-O-C-K-I-N-G. Uh, and this was uh, from earlier last month or middle of last month. Uh, they said, uh, just listen to your recent episode about working in comics. I don't know which episode that was, but thank you. Uh, and we covered, and I get, apparently yeah, we talked about unemployment and depression, which hashtag real life. And then they said is really good cathartic stuff. Thank you so much. Uh, so it's nice to know that it, as much as we bitch on here that, you know, it's not going into a void. People are also people oh. are also whatever your level of creator. However, whether you're uh, a team like Scott or D team like me, or if you're just starting out, everyone goes through these. Everyone goes through rough patches. Yeah. Everyone has the same. We can all be miserable. Doesn't together. matter. We can all be miserable together. Uh, and then we got another. Oh, uh, uh, friend of the program, Nicholas Sage, the other day went and bought some whiskey. Uh, and then he was drinking some Evan Williams white bottle, hundred proof E dub. He was drinking that and he read some adventure van and, uh, I am jealous of the E dub hundred proof. I've never had the E hundred proof because it's probably mm-hmm. more expensive than the 80 proof. And I don't have that page rate. So E dub hundred proof. Huh? 
I wonder. Oh, maybe it's the bottled yes. and bond. Bottled, bottled and bond is what's written in gold. Yeah. Okay. The bib. I haven't, yeah. haven't okay. had it. Uh, I'd like to try Sweet. it. Who knows? Yeah, I, I'm a I'm a fan of EW. That's Evan Williams, uh, not Entertainment Weekly. I don't read that fish wrap trash. Either EW could sponsor us, and we'd be thrilled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, also, yeah, sh- cool. I don't know. Uh, I sure bet it's fine. I bet it's okay. I mean, if, if it's just a if it's just a higher proof, yeah. Evan Williams. And uh, then also, it's shout be good. out to uh, Nick. For the hashtag unofficial whiskey of the the illustrious gentleman Evan Williams, uh, and and then he also uh, speaking of credits, that's right. He uh, he Sponsor. tagged the letterer of Adventure Van in his in his post. So shout out to shout out to him, shout out to oh, everyone. Nice. You should tag the entire creative team, and if you know the editors, tag them too in your fucking reviews and your tweets and shit like that. And then you could learn who they are. Well, they they edit multiple Except books, they don't. so let's, let's they're they're fine, they're good. No. <laughs> oh, I was talking about le- editors. Yeah, letterers. Sorry. Editors should be tagged and letterers. They both do great work. All of them do. And then one last thing. Uh at Pathos Without uh tweeted tweeted to us a uh screenshot oh, like of a Batman comic. Uh, I'm gonna say it's John Romita Jr. Uh, I can't tell who the inker is. I don't think it's Claus Jansen. Uh, not quite sure. Not quite sure who the colorist is either. Uh, okay. And we talked about Batman a couple of weeks ago and how we, what kind of ears we like. And this one, Batman yeah. has short but very pointy ears, and he's being choked. He's being choked by a giant essentially, okay. and he pulls his fucking ears off his cowl and their blades under it, and he stabs the dude in the arm. That seems yeah, yeah. Like like that's a very Batman thing. It's like. No, nothing's just uh, nothing is a throwaway thing there's no nothing that's just uh, purely aesthetic like his uh right his cape is flame retardant and you know he's got ice skates in his fucking boots of course right. his ears come off of so he can stab sons that. of bitches uh and then one other thing that just popped up earlier today was david kelly uh tweeted at david w key date no David E. Kelly. Yeah, he wants to get us on. David on, E. Kelly listens to our show. I loved Allie McBeal, David E. Um, Kelly. No, David W. Kelly. David W. K. E. L. L. E. Y. on Twitter tweeted out uh, because of last week's show, we talked about the handkerchief and the fuck Muppets and stuff. He said, no, hashtag Muppets were misused before, during, or after the recording of this episode. Right, Scott? I can neither confirm nor deny. So I guess no comment is what I'm saying. But I fucked that puppet up. Wow, lots of messages this week. What's happening? Um, <laughs> okay, how was your... Uh, let's get back on track here, if there was ever a track to get back onto. How was your uh, mystery beer, and did you think of a name for it? Because because now now I don't, I don't use the website anymore, um, so I put all the no. reviews on Untapped. Like, yeah. Because we were getting killed by ads on the website, so everything's on Untapped now. I don't know how to put that on untapped i guess i'll just put it mystery beer i don't know no that's well i, I mean, could throw that, back that something else real episode. quick so you could uh so it's but are you do you think it's a, a red do you think it's a copper ale is it a red ale do you think it's an amber no i no yeah yeah i i think my palate tells me it's definitely it's definitely a scotch style ale like i i it, Oh, if it were just missing the label, but it's obviously if it had the four peaks on the cap, yeah. I would guess, yeah. I would guess well, kill. Isn't lifter. that doesn't four peaks doesn't print their caps. They're just the gold caps. So then it's probably a kill. Lifter. Oh, wow. Yeah, we're that, like, that's we're my like guess, the Hardy though. boys. <laughs> we um, just solved that fucking I'm mystery trying. ladies. Yeah. Yeah. A couple of teenage boys figuring out which beer is which Hardy boys. The Tom Hardy boys. The Tom Hardy hard-on boys. All right, let's go ahead and make the call. That is a 6% kilt lifter from Four Peaks. That, that's that got to be what it is. All right. And yeah, back in sure. the day, that, that back in the day, that. that used to be what everyone in Arizona drank would, to get drunk yeah. because it was stronger than Budweiser. It was 6%, which back in the – 20 years ago, that was one of the strongest beers you could find in Arizona. I, I don't mind kilt lifter. If I'm going to sit down right. and just drink something – 
Oh, Kill Lifter's a solid choice. This is, I don't know, it's a three. It's fine. It's like my review oh, of this fine. show. It's fine. fine. Um, yeah. It's fine. All right, Uncle Cody's going to give the Evil Twin Brewing Sumo in a co- sidecar again. Oh, by the way, I just want to point out, I paid a shitload for this beer. This might be the most one of the most single expensive cans of beer I ever bought. I'm not going to say how much it is. I'm just going to say it was a shitload. Uh, shout out to uh, the Casual Pint in Phoenix. Um, Simona Sidecar, Evil Twin Brewing, 7% <laughs> Apricot IPA. There's definitely shit. There's definitely shit sank to the bottom of that. Yeepah. Yeah, there is some sort of fruit or sediment in this. Just collecting in the bottom. Oh yeah, I'm just gonna swirl it up. You gotta throw it. that back. Um, it was fine. It didn't for eight and a half, for eight and a half, for eight and a half dollars. It didn't, it didn't rock my world. It's not something I'm gonna seek out again. Um, but it is tasty. And like I said, if I knew what an apricot smelled or tasted like, it's probably dead on. There is some sort of citrus in this shit. An apricot isn't that like if a if a orange and a peach fucked, you get an apricot. Uh, yeah, I yeah. think mm-hmm. yeah, a bunch of orange and a bunch of peaches. That's what it says on all the bags. Night. There's like a school dance, and they all got a little crazy because no one was watching what they were doing. And then they next thing you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah, the picture on a bag is an apple. <laughs> Be an orange and a peach, not an apple and a peach. <laughs> Jesus, you racist. Um, oh, I'm gonna sorry. give it a. Well, then, well then, if it's an orange and a pit? peach, then the orange has got to be the one taken. Uh, the peach but, yeah. Well, it's also, stem, but but the right? peach has a pit. What is the pit? Like the womb? It's not, it's not something we should talk about. I'm gonna give this a three. We're and getting a half. into the weeds now. Um, I also want to say I want to go back to something you said earlier about your palate because you were smelling your beer. That's how we decided it was a kilt lifter because of your excellent smell, not your palate, but your smell. I watched this documentary because mm-hmm. I'm obsessively watching documentaries right now and this is about the one of uh the the guy from tool has a winery in arizona so it's all about him getting his winery started and he has this partner who's like a wine guy so then they were talking about this wine guy and he was talking about how most people can't can't even tell the difference between like multiple smells because they haven't trained their nostrils and he said because of wine he's trained his nostrils over the last 20 years so he's like so i could tell whether the person walks in the room, whether they worked out last night and showered this morning, or if they, you know, if they, uh, you know, if they have an infection or if they, you know, had a hamburger for lunch, I can smell it from a, you know, across the room. He's like, I'm so happy you dropped this particular anecdote at the end of the show, because I would have turned this shit off at the beginning. Don't say it. he likes silence of the lambs sort of thing. Uh, he used the phrase, I can smell if a woman is on her moon. This is not me. This is in the Blood into Wine documentary. Oh, that's exactly what I was getting at. And talking about all the great things Arizona offers and how he's trained himself to smell all this stuff. He uses the term, he can smell. Oh, also, I know if yeah. you're on the rack. Uh My wife and I both looked at each other and we were like, that is the most disgusting thing. And I'm normally not offended except by shitty comic reviews. Those are really the only thing that gets me going. But this dude talking like that grossed me the fuck out. And for the rest of the documentary, I didn't look at him the same way. Every time he came on screen, I like covered my eyes. I was like, I don't even want to, I don't even want to witness what's happening here because I don't like that guy anymore. Uh, so now that we've offended the two ladies who watch this show, now that we've offended the two women oh, who watch this man. show, uh, go to anchor.fm slash take show for all the episodes. Follow us on social media at TIG underscore show. Uh, last week, you should have picked up Super Sons number nine. If you didn't, run out and get it this week. Um, I concur. That's it, I guess. All that's left for is for you to say goodbye, Scott. Hey. Bye, buddy. Bye, Scott.